0: Hello basketball fans and welcome to the Dave and Dia podcast. Starting at center from Portland, the wily veteran Dave Decker. And a guard from Los Angeles, the patron saint of rainbows and unicorns, your podcast MVP, Dia Miller. Welcome back to Dave and Dia of Blazers Edge Podcast. I'm Dia. I'm here with Dave Deckert. We are into the season. We have started. I guess it's still technically preseason, but we have a game that we have all, some of us, mostly kind of gotten to watch.
1: Yeah, <laughs> we have we a few are. games by the time that this uh, airs, but we're taping a little early, so we have a more limited data set, but I think we've got some some reasonable ideas.
0: Yeah, so we're, we're recording this on Tuesday night, um, and we there's actually a game going on currently with the Utah Jazz, but uh, Dave and I, Dave, did you see the clipper? blazer game in seattle oh yeah of course of course that last night it feels like it's been
1: ages i know yeah of course i recapped that and yeah uh, the utah game i'll have to watch later after because i get blacked out of utah uh, oddly enough with where i live i can't watch jazz games but that's okay uh even in you know the last few years blazers jazz games haven't been that exciting and this year jazz games they're not going to be exciting for anyone i guess if i'm going to have a team to not watch utah would be among the candidates
0: Yeah, well, it it was fun. It was fun to, to get to see the team come back. So I was up in Santa Barbara at the end of last week Uh, I got to go up and shoot the the team at training camp for just Friday and Saturday and the way that it works for outside media that's not part of the team is I only got to go in at the end so it's not like I'm sitting in there watching the entire practice and seeing them scrimmage and all those things I'm getting the on Friday I think I got about an hour of them shooting around and then on Saturday they weren't even shooting around by the time I got in there they were packing up and and leaving but it was really cool to see just a I mean they genuinely seem like they were excited happy to be there they seemed like they were gelling everybody seemed to be in good spirits and working hard but getting along and and I think that was welcome Uh, it made me really excited to watch the season start and I think we saw that kind of show up on the court last night
1: well first of all let's let's back up there for a second how was that experience for you personally tell us a little bit about tell us all about Santa Barbara and all that
0: It was pretty cool. You know, I've gotten to shoot the Blazers one other time, and I've had some interactions with players here and there. I mean, obviously players from other teams, but players from the Blazers here and there. But it was really a cool thing to get to walk into the gym where the team was all together. There wasn't a lot of media there. And just as somebody who's a a Trailblazer fan, so I, I grew up as a kid, one of my biggest memories, one of those you know, things that just is so ordinary but is ingrained in my brain for whatever reason is something that was significant, uh, was waking up early in the morning. My grandpa was somebody that woke up really early. He would get up at like 6 o'clock every morning before anybody else was awake. And when we would stay at their house, I would hear him get up in the morning and I would get up and I would go out to the kitchen and as a lot of times it would still be dark outside and my grandpa would be reading the newspaper, the Oregonian. And he'd pull out the comics and the sports section for me. And I'd look through the comics and then I'd open the sports section and I would look for the Blazers pictures. You know, I I, even at a young age, I was I was really excited about that. And so it was kind of a surreal thing to be up there, you know, for the Oregonian photographing the trailblazers and and i know that you know newspaper is a little bit of a lost art and this was on these were used online but still there was something my grandpa passed away a few years ago and so it was just a really cool thing for me and and you know i know that that would be something that he would have thought was really cool so on that level it was really neat um you know i i i think just having that i've never shot a training camp before so that was another first for me but really cool you know really cool to to see them in a relaxed situation you know they weren't obviously playing a game they were coming off of of a practice and you know casual interacting with each other it's nice to see them in that environment and it it made me excited for you know for the upcoming season and and for who we have on the team
1: i mean it's interesting the vibe i mean part of this discussion is what is What is the vibe like this training camp? Because this is a different training camp than they've had. This is the first training camp without C.J. McCollum. This is the first training camp uh, uh, post-Damian Lillard injury. You know, it's major milestones, happened last year kind of and we were in the middle of it so it's, it's like being in the middle of a rock slide okay you don't really feel all the rocks you're just ducking right <laughs> you know right. but you look back and now there's all this rubble all around and you're wondering what to do with it and now this is their answer it started this week right or last week so what the vibe would like was would be like was an interesting question. I mean, would they be loose? Would they be competitive? Would they be anxious? Uh, there's a would they be determined? There's a lot of stuff you know going on. And you know, my thought, and maybe you can speak to this, but my impression was they're not necessarily all laser focused and this is a championship year and you know we're gonna or we're gonna compete with each other and we're gonna hash out this roster thing and it's gonna be you know a scrum to figure this out it was kind of like no was this interesting we got some veteran guys we're kind of loose with each other we think we're gonna be good we're gonna kind of you know ease our way into this and see what happens and we're good yeah that is that what you picked up
0: yeah, I mean, again, I was in there for such a short time and it's it's at the end of a practice. So it's hard to really get a feel for that because you, you're not seeing them, you know, scrimmaging and, and that competitive part of, of the practice. But, uh, you know, the vibe that I got really was just it seems like a team of guys that are trying to mesh and figure out where where we go from here. You know, that there's it's we talked about this a little bit last week that it's such a it's such a unique spot that they're in from the past years because not only have they brought in new players that are, you know, significant playing significant roles, but they're also you know there are guys that have been out for a a large part of the last year so not only are they trying to come back and get their groove back but then they're also trying to mesh with new guys and i think that that's important for them to be able to really find their footing with each other and with the team and and have everybody back together plus these new guys and kind of figure out where everybody's going to fit in and then on top of that this is the first year with this coaching staff that we've had a healthy team you know Last season, obviously, was was the first year, but half the team was out. It wasn't what we're used to. It wasn't what what we are seeing in front of us so not only are you, are you dealing with guys that have been injured for a significant amount of time and new guys but you're also dealing with essentially a new coaching staff um, so trying to figure out how everything's going to work and i think there's an advantage to the fact that they were there last year so there's even the guys that were injured there's some familiarity with how things are done because even though they were hurt they were there they're familiar but there's a lot of new and it just seems like you know they're they're in this kind of place of trying to figure that out but from what I could see it seems like they are doing that they are figuring it out um and and again you know it's such a small piece that you're seeing I didn't really get a a good feel for the entirety of it but from the piece I saw that's what I would say
1: yeah and it can't be overstated that uh having Damian Lillard as your anchor there makes a difference because no matter what He's kind of the foundation. I mean, you can, you can shake things up. You can have questions. You, there can be gaps, but those gaps stop ex- exactly where his person is. And as long as they have that center of gravity, he's the sun in the solar system, all the planets are going to swing the way they swing and figure out their orbits. But nobody's going to bump Dame. Nobody can do anything that Dame can't fix or correct. At the end of the day, you know, even on the court, if you need one shot or you need a play, uh, you know exactly who's going to be at the middle of that. So the questions that they don't have to answer help that vibe, I think, that if he were not there... There would be a lot of looking at each other. It would be like everybody at an eight-way stop, you know, like okay, who the heck goes? I don't know, <laughs> but now it's just like. Is
0: there like, such a thing as an eight-way stop? No,
1: there is not. That's why I said that would it. You be know? awful. Yeah, you've got to see. There you go. Very good. That's what the image is about. Now, now it's just like okay, there, there, the traffic laws are enforced. The, the, the lanes are, 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 marked out, and yeah, there might be a little bit of bumper cars, but it's not going to be too bad. So, uh, you know, that's great that dame is there and by the way no matter what happens to him and if he's not here for the next eight years that he's here over the next two yeah. would ease whatever happens and and one of the things i talked about like in a post uh, last week was that well are we seeing the beginning of the anthony simon's shade and sharp era like forecast two or three years down the road when dame's like 35 are you are you going to see the next pair come up in the backcourt, and it's, it's Ant and, and Shaden. That's absolutely possible. But there's a big difference between those two starting and being in the shade of Damian Lillard and just being thrown out there right now and say, go, or even next year and say, go. Uh, and, and I think having Dame is valuable from that perspective, if nothing else.
0: Yeah, there's good leadership on this team. And it's a good place. If you're a young developing player, this is a great place to be. You know, to and it's it's a well known fact that Dame works with the younger guys and and contributes to to their growth. I think that's not a secret. So if you know for those guys, this is a good place to be. It is kind of a weird thing to realize that like I, I was just thinking the other day about Anthony Simons, and I remember very clearly being at a Clippers game the the year after he was rookie, so second year. And the people around me that you know weren't Blazer fans saying, "Who is that guy?" And I was like, "That's Anthony Simons, and he's going to be great." And I was I was really high on Ant early on, and and then it seemed like it took him a minute, but he's now coming into the player that I think a lot of us really thought he would be, and it's really wild to think about how long now he's actually been with the team, and it's you know I was thinking about that with all of our guys that I think of as rookies, that aren't rookies anymore because they're you know that we've had several years since they were drafted they're not rookies anymore it feels kind of like watching your children like you you think of your kids as being younger than they are a lot of times and every now and then it kind of shocks you like hey they're not little kids anymore and i feel like that with some of the younger guys on this team like it just it just in the blink of an eye now all of a sudden they're legit contributors on on this
1: team yeah and let's tie that back for a second there's a lot of question right now about you know who's gonna be number two on this team and who's gonna be number three which you know it's but that's a fair debate fair competition or whatever imagine if Dame weren't here and all of that was about who would be number one yeah I mean you you don't have an answer I mean Ant would go well you know I'm the most natural scorer I'm gonna have the ball in my hands it's me and Jeremy Grant would be like well maybe but I put a lot of years in, and I score two, and, you know, I play defense on both ends, and Yusuf Nurkic, well, I've been here six years, and I'm the center. I've always been underfed. It's my time, and Josh Hart's going, I got a contract, and by the way, I can do all the stuff that all of you do. Okay, that's a much different atmosphere than figuring out who's going to fall in line behind or around Dame, because you can have some equality, you know, at the two and three and four, whereas, uh, number one, it's really hard to have. Now, let's seg into, though, one of the things from preseason that is interesting that's developing is like, okay, how is this Damian lillard Anthony Simons pairing working? And with limited data, it's been okay. But the Ant I'm seeing right now is not the Anthony Simons that I saw last season when he was out there and had unquestioned control of the ball. And I think that that is still going to be a work in progress here a little bit.
0: Yeah, well, and I think when the game last night, it was interesting to watch because it didn't feel like there was a true second, I guess. You know, a lot of people did a lot of things, and I like that personally. I like that versatility. I think that for uh, a team that has struggled with injuries for as long as we can remember, that's a really – strong attribute uh, to have players that can really shift and play different roles on the team. I think that's really good, and I think that will serve us well. Uh, and, it, and it makes for fun basketball because you don't really fully know what to expect every time they the, bring the ball down. You know, you just don't – or on either side of the court, really. You don't really fully know what to expect. And so I, I like that aspect of it. I, I agree with what you said about Ant. I don't think that that's a testament to his ability or his skill. I think that has everything to do with his role on the team currently. You know, when you have Damian Lillard, you're not going to step up and take that and take control the way that Damian Lillard does last season we didn't have Damian Lillard. So Anthony Simons really kind of stepped up and took control when he was out there. You know, we talked about that a little bit last season where it almost felt like his absence was in a way, you know, for a team that wasn't contending last year, Dame's absence actually kind of became almost, without twisting this into something that it's not, almost became a positive for some of those guys because it allowed them to step in and take control and learn to play in a way that they wouldn't be able to with Dame there. Now, that's not to say that that's a good plan long term. Obviously, if you can have Damian Lillard, you want Damian Lillard. And obviously, the team is going to function better that way. We see that by the fact that we did not even make it to the playoffs last season. But for individual players and their growth and their leadership abilities and roles, that shifts when dame's not there and and so this year now they're going to have to try to work around that and shift back to some degree while still allowing those players to step up when they're needed
1: well i mean let's look at a couple technical things as well i mean first of all my question is is it working on defense because that's the number one question coming in otherwise why would you not have dame and cj McCollum? You know, it's just, right. you know, I don't get now, young. there now. are answers to that question. But are those answers going to make a difference is my point. Uh, right. And if that doesn't work defensively, my argument is they will not work in progress. Okay. Yeah. There are a couple things. First of all, still, neither one of them is really completely locking down their player. And in aggregate, opposing teams appear to be. And again, I have to, I'll have to look. I mean, I know it was the Clippers, but there were certain things that make me think this is not going to change soon. The opposing guards and really whoever our guards got switched off on were able to do what they wanted. And there was not a lot of ability to stop people from getting in the lane. Now, this is compounded by the fact that the Blazers are letting the center come high. Their center was way up. Yusuf Nurkic spent a lot of time in that Clippers game defending up around the three point arc. Uh, they switched uh, on screens uh, and also they let the center, you know, the opposing center pull them out. So if you've got guards that cannot stop penetration and you've got a center up above the three point arc and nobody else on the team is above 6 7, that's real tough. I mean, even if Jeremy Grant or whoever your small forward is rotates in, that's a tough stop. Right. So what's what's happening is that the, those guards are getting overpowered. Mostly, it's not that they're leaving their man or losing their man. It's just they can't do anything to stop them. That that makes me itch a little bit on offense. I think. Wait, can I uh, wait, go ahead, can please? I go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Comment on defense first. Yeah, please. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I, it, it's interesting because we kind of started with a very low baseline as far as defense goes. We have struggled so terribly on defense that any little bit of defense is exciting. And I think that we have players this this season that are a little more defensively minded. Jeremy Grant is a, a good defensive player. And I think that that alone is going to be good. Like you said, they're working out the kinks, I think. They're trying to figure out how this works. Again, a lot of these guys have played on a team where defense has not been the strength. And so they're going to have to try to figure out now how this looks. I think they're going to get into a groove. You know, I caught a little bit of the game here um, tonight before we jumped on here. Not very much because I was also putting children to bed. But, um, you know, I think that just in the difference from last night to tonight, there's improvement. Now, again, obviously different opponents, whatever, different venue. But... I think we're going to see improvement. I think the beginning of this season we're going to see improvement and I think we're going to see them start to find their groove. We talked before about how the beginning of the, of the schedule is a tough schedule anyway. So I'm hoping that rather than focusing on winning those, even though obviously we want to win, they're going to really focus on getting this together and finding that groove and finding that happy place there. But I am, in cor- I am encouraged that the defense is definitely a, a step above what it was, a significant step above what it was. Granted, it was basically non-existent, but it is improved. So that's that's encouraging
1: to Ma- see. Maybe. I mean, uh, because uh, at least in the game I saw, and again, need more evidence, the Clippers starters, and again, you're talking one of the best starting lineups in the league. I got it. Okay. Right. But the Clippers starters just had no concerns with the players i mean no concerns i want a little concern uh let's see more let's have this as something to watch that that's probably the fairest thing but if they're if they're going to make huge defensive strides we need to see more Uh, on offense we're talking about that fit between anthony simons and damian lillard i thought it was awkward a little bit it felt like taking turns for one thing. And really, the whole offense did. I mean, the the passing attack against the Clippers when the Clippers were bothering to defend was pretty janky. Uh, So that would be part of it. I mean, they're getting used to each other, but it felt like the guards were taking turns. They had kind of some handoffs where Ant would start the set and then hand off to Dame. uh, Less vice versa. Uh, But it felt like when the offense developed through the guards, it was individual offense almost exclusively that either Dame would take it usually a long shot. He, although he did had some drives, we'll talk about that later, but Ant in particular, just, okay, it's my turn. This is my possession. I'm going to take a lot of dribbles and try to get a shot. And he had some awkward leaners, some mid range shots, some things like that. And it just felt like they weren't quite in sync there that I think will ease over time. But I'm reminded that we have not answered the question whether Anthony Simons is a legitimate big scorer. And we've answered the question whether he's a scorer, but a big scorer. You know, 20-point-a-game guy. If he's playing off-ball, if he's not the first option with freedom to do whatever he wishes. And in the back of my mind, I think if I'm Dame, I'm going, you know, by the end of the season, I will be warmed up and I can establish myself anytime I want, but unless I want to carry this team on my back again and probably maybe have a first or second round exit and the first part of this season, I'm going to make sure Anthony Simons looks like everything he could be.
0: Yeah. I I think that's fair. I, you know, I, I may be a little more positive about the offense than you were, although I, I definitely see what you're saying. There was some, at times there was some really good ball movement Um, I I liked that when it happened. I, I think, again, you have this kind of conundrum of these guys who spent all last season really having a lot of time with the ball, who are now thrown back in a lineup with Dame, and that is going to take some adjusting. In all the press conferences and everything that we heard leading up to the season, there was a lot of talk about everybody wanting to support Dame, and I'm hoping that that also means that exactly what you just said, he's not carrying the team at any point. Um, hopefully they can keep up and, and really contribute to that. And and again, I think that there's a lot of potential. I kept thinking last night as I was watching this, first of all, the Clippers very well may be contending for a title this season. They are a deep team. They are really, really good uh, or potentially really, really good. Um, and I think also, you know, especially when you're dealing with preseason, you're a lot less concerned about the actual score. You're a lot less concerned about the win or the loss versus what you're seeing happening on the court, which I guess, depending on how you look at it, it, that can be good or bad in this situation. I saw a lot of good. I saw a lot of shots that, you know, Dane seemed to be short on a lot of his shots. Just the, it was struggling. They were, they were struggling a little bit to, to sink their shots uh, all around, especially at the beginning. But you know, again, the, the, Part of the game that they're playing right now that I caught, it looked like Dame was back on his his shot, you know, making those shots. Um, so I'm hoping that watching the dust be blown off, you know, that that they're kind of getting their groove, they're figuring things out, they're coming back, um, and and by the time the season actually starts, we're going to see something that looks a little bit more polished than it does right now.
1: Yeah, I think as far as the shooting goes, I mean, you ignore all jump shots and all everything. You don't ask where the shot went in in preseason game one. You ask where the shot came from. And so that, yeah, I, I, I believe Dave is going to hit most of his threes. I believe Ant will hit his open threes, too. But there were relatively few of those. I mean, Dame got his one-on-one, but like, if you're looking for Ant to be set up on the weak side and get that 42% three-point shot lightning quick, either off the catch or with one or two dribbles, that didn't happen much. But let's stay on Dame. Dame looked agile. Dame look light on his feet, uh, a lot yep. lighter on his feet than he has in a long time. Now, obviously, some of that's coming off the summer. You're going to look, you're you're in the most relaxed physical shape right now that you are going to be all year. This is, you know, you're going to play almost 100 games. And that's not
0: always good, because like Nurk, for instance, has come out slow from an offseason. So sure. The relaxed part isn't always good.
1: Uh, well, the true. But in terms of like assuming you're in shape, your body's never going to feel right. better than it does right now. That said, we have not seen Damian Lillard's body look like he was 26 since he was 26 or at least 28. He looks a little more bouncy. He certainly he had a couple drives that were pretty impressive that he definitely was not taking last year. I mean, that part was nearly absent. And just the way he was moving looked a lot more natural. I don't know if you remember, but last year we were talking about this, like, what's up with Dame? What's up with Dame? He's just not moving right. He looks like he's moving better. So that's, that's all you wanted to see about him. I don't know. What, What do you think? Any other observations on Lillard?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with that. And I think, too, that anytime someone's coming off a major injury like that, especially in a surgery, you always worry a little bit about the hesitation that they're going to have. And he does not seem to have any hesitation. Some of that might be the extra recovery time, because we know he could have theoretically come back last season Um, and so he's had the end of last season the off season and now and up till now to really go full force and and try that out and get his footing and, and get get that confidence back in his ability to do those things um, but that was really promising to me that he did not seem to hesitate. He seemed to really look like himself, if not better. You know, again, he's been injured for several years and we just didn't know. So I, I think that, you know, from what we saw last night, when he starts to get that, you know, the, doing the things that Dame does, he looks really good. He looks better than we've seen him for a couple years, in my opinion you know, like just really that burst is back. And, and, and I think that that's really encouraging to see. I, I think, you know, that was kind of the question going into this season is especially as, you know, we've talked about his age and how he's getting, you know, uh, older and, and, that's always a little scary when you're talking about a professional athlete. So I think it's really encouraging to see how, how agile he seems, how confident he seems, um, and, and just his ability to, to do those things that we haven't seen him do in a while.
1: So uh, the other guy who stood out to me anyway, so far, I mean, a lot of them stood out, all of them stood out in certain ways, but Josh Hart, he looks like he came in regular season form to me and it's so funny because you know he's the guy nobody's really talking about he's kind of in the he's in the middle you know he's going to play but is he going to start at small forward you know is he going to back up how's he you know and he's like oh you're going to forget me huh hi I'm Josh Hart I do everything here's my passing here's you know here's the assist here's the spin play here's the shot here's the defense hi you forgot I'm Josh Hart and it's (laughs) like (laughs) okay and it's like you can feel the chip on his shoulder, not an angry chip or not a, you know, there's, I don't no. think there's necessarily discontent there, but just like, you know what? Don't ignore me. I, yeah. you, you should be talking about me first. You should be talking about me. Why are you talking? I get why you're talking about Anthony Simons. I get why you're talking about Shaden sharp. You, you, you know, go ahead and quack about that. But at the end of the day, who's opening the door for you? Who's, you know, who's cooking dinner for you? Who's doing it? It's me.
0: Right. Well, and, and I think, too, that position has kind of been up for grabs, and it's not been a secret. You've got Josh Hart. You've got Justice Winslow. There's some fight for that spot, and Nasir Little. There's some competition to have that starting spot, and I think Josh Hart wants it, and you 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 watched him come out last night, and he showed you that he thought he deserved it, and you were right. He was playing like a starter. Um, And I think I think we'll continue to see that it's a little bittersweet because he's one that I'm worried we're going to lose. So, you know, at that possibly the, you know, midseason deadline. So I I worry about that a little bit, but I don't know. We'll see. He definitely looked like he was out there playing with a purpose.
1: Right. And and actually Nasir Little was right there, too. I thought now he doesn't have hearts experience. He doesn't. But, you know, he came out. He moved. He ran the floor hard. He is like, he's back. And I think he's not only announcing that he's back, but he's good. And uh, that actually, I... Li- the, uh, sorry, I have a lot of confidence in those two particularly. And if you push me... I would say that I, I'm not talking about relative talent. I'm not talking about fit. I'm not talking about anything except who do I have confidence in that's going to go out there and bust their ass and do pretty damn good. Okay, Josh Hart and Nasir Little, Do I have probably more confidence in them than, than Ant, Nurk, than anybody at Power Forward, than anybody else off the bench. Dame is the only other one. And again, not talking about talent. I'm not talking about really even who should start. I'm just saying when I look at them, I, you know, I think if, if you put them in, you're going to get something every time. And you know what? This team needs some of that. And it's not necessarily bad that the two of them are competing for, in essence, the same position because it's, it's almost like here's, here's a lot of wood and here's a lot of kerosene and now there's a match under both and it feels like that's, that has the potential to be something bright,
0: it's that fight, you know, that we've that we've talked about needing before. We saw that we've seen that with guys in the past, you know, we used to talk about that with Gary Trent Jr., that fight that he have going out there and, and we're seeing that in, in i I've, we've talked about Nasir that way before, especially at the beginning of last season. He came out there determined. And I think, you know, the the season obviously kind of got taken away from him and he wasn't able to finish it out. So I think we're seeing that again. And and Josh Hart obviously has something to prove as well. Um, and, and that's good. It's good to see that fight and that fierceness coming out there.
1: The other guy who was fighting, Shaden Sharp, and maybe fighting yeah. a little bit of himself as well as the whatever and the, and the experience. But you know what? Okay, when he came out there, I, I would say – there was a little bit deer in the headlights felt like he was uh, look all rookies do this
0: okay. well and we have right. to remember too he hasn't played a game since high school right. right. so this is this yeah, is, this is the, on a whole other level right We're going from uh, a high school player essentially to the nba that that's uh, that's wild
1: yeah so what we call uh say they kind of play to stations in other words Where's the play? If you remember the play, and I think he forgot a couple times. He got loose, right? But like, okay, I'm supposed to go here on this play. I'm going to go here. And then I'm supposed to rotate here. Here comes my rotation. And you see it coming. And then what happens is the, the floor changes and they don't see it. So there's a lot of right. what now? And there was a right. lot of what now with him. But comma, colon, it's not where he was, but how he got there. Okay. You watch him run. You watch him move, and you can see it. And I think in that Utah game, there's a little bit of that too, from what I've seen. Like you, you, there are moments when you go, "Oh, that's it," and what you know is that the floor recognition and vision are going to come, right? Yeah. You know that problem will be taken care of. What is he going to look like when that's taken care of? You can see. I mean, it's too soon. It's I know, but you can see a little bit of what they are saying, because the compactness, yeah. the swiftness, and the verticality.
0: Yeah, he's he's a phenomenal athlete. You can see that very easily. And I think he's probably going to show himself to be a pretty smart basketball mind. Uh, you know, a lot of what we're seeing with him and, and what looks like the little rookie kinds of things, that's going to wear off quick. As he plays more and more minutes, he's going to gain more and more confidence. Again, we're so early on. I mean, even summer league, he didn't even really have summer league because he got hurt so quickly. So this is a guy that is is coming out of high school. He's not getting the year of experience either in college or the G league or overseas that a lot of these guys get. That's a different level of, of, basketball than high school. He's not getting the summer league experience that they get. That's a different level than high school. This guy's coming essentially straight out of high school onto a, a, an NBA court, obviously practicing, whatever, but, you got to build confidence and he's going to, I I have no doubt that he's going to, Uh, you know, I think he's definitely somebody that's going to be one to watch. I think he absolutely was a steal in that draft. And I I think that, you know, if they can really work with him and develop him, his ceiling is high with the athleticism that he's got. And and what I, what I think is going to be pretty good basketball smarts. I I think his ceiling is really high. I think we're going to see really good things from him, you know, in, in the coming days and years and whatnot. But I would not be surprised to see some really good stuff as early as this season.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm not quite in the pronouncing him the steal of the draft department yet, but you can, I think it was
0: a steal. Sure.
1: But you can, but you can, you understand what they're talking about at least, you know, that's that point. The guy who's almost the opposite for me and sue me, probably going to get mad at me. Fine. Yusuf Nurkic. I mean, they were really working. And by the way, okay, there's interesting byplay. And again, keep in mind, we haven't seen all the games yet. This is publishing later in the week. But from what I saw, they were telegraphing, okay, to Nurk, you're going to be a part of this. You are, we are emphasizing you. This is consistent with how John C. Billups said he wanted to use him last year. I, I think that they just made a concerted effort. Uh, nurk we're going to involve you in screen actions we're going to let you switch we're going to depend on you a lot defensively we're also going to let you initiate up high on offense uh you know we're going to make you the point center a little bit you know and uh, also let you shoot and also feed you the ball down low all the things right nurk look like nurk which is a compliment sometimes and not other times it feels like to me in the in the band of things that he does well when he's in his sweet spot he's really really good there are a lot of things that they are asking him to do at which he is less good every time he dribbles in the post it's scary uh, and not in the intimidating way um his shot not quite there his defense on screens that switching up high Oh, boy, if something doesn't change on defense, because Nurkic gets switched on the the ball handler, he's done. I mean, he's done before, you know, he's done within a second. Are we figuring this out? Like, is this an experiment to see what's going to stick, throwing things against the wall with Nurk? Maybe. But I argued in in the preview piece a little bit with Nurkic that they've got to find a defined role for him and give him a lot of that. If that's happening, it's still not there yet. And I think every time that that doesn't happen, Nurk looks less like this guy is really good and more like he's kind of like ordinary. And I'm uh, sorry, I'm quacking on, but let me cast your memory back to what was he doing? Nurk fever. He was running high screen and roll with Damian Lillard and he was devastated. You remember that? I mean, this guy yeah, looked like he could score 24 a night because- That's he, a
0: strength when yeah, they do that.
1: Yes, yeah, sc- screen and roll, great. And he, 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 catching the ball, moving to the bucket, Okay, he can do that, right? He's going to score pretty quick. He looked like he could score 20 plus a night anytime he wanted. And then you switch from that to the literal, you know, here he's going to shoot a three-point shot and there he's going to have to make a move in the post and it takes 10 seconds. And it looks like, oh gosh, this this guy doesn't have it. They've got to realize that variance is really big and get him in a place to succeed because I don't think that the team is going to succeed without him.
0: Yeah, I think Nurk is one of those guys that does what he does really, really well. And one of the reasons I feel like they've held on to Nurk so tightly is because of how he and Dane play off each other. I think that that's a strength. And I think that using that and and what you talked about in the ways that he's he's really been a solid, strong, dependable player, that's where you want to use him. Some there are guys that are really versatile that you can throw them in a lot of different places. You can, you can run a lot of different, you know, offenses. You, you can, you can do a lot of things with, and it works. And Nurk isn't always that guy. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's not a bad thing. Knowing your strengths and playing to your strengths is not a bad thing, especially when your strengths are as strong as they have been for NERC. I just hope that he doesn't get, and, and I don't know if this is him, if it's coaching, if it who it is, maybe a little bit of both. I just hope that, they're, that they don't get so caught up in trying to use him in all these other ways that they steer away from the ways that he is Nerk and he does what NERC does because, you know, and, and we've been I, – I, I feel like we keep going – I keep going, maybe not you so much, but I keep going back to – a couple years ago when we were talking about how crucial he was and when he was doing well and playing well, it was a game-changer for that team. And I feel like that has continued to be the case. When Nurkic is playing well, it's a game-changer for that team. It is essentially life or death for that team. And I think that that's a testament, actually, to how crucial Nurkic currently is to this team. But we need him doing the things that he does and and playing those roles that he plays really well instead of trying to step into other roles. We need him to be an ERC and stop trying to do other things outside of that. No, that's not to say that he can't do other things. I I think he has the ability to. I think he can do them. I I think we've seen him do them, but play to his strengths. Play to his strengths, and he's going to be He's going to go, well, you, I was going to show you with my hands, but you, you listening can't hear me, but he's going to go from here to here, <laughs> from, you know, down here to up here. They're, Dia their is putting are down her here hands and now in they're her up lap here.
1: and then above <laughs> her head, folks.
0: <laughs> yeah, it just, it's going to, it's going to create a, a, a stronger player. And I don't know why we wouldn't want that.
1: And here's the thing though, the wrinkle in it. And we brought this up before too. Nurk is the center. It's not that Nurk is trying to do things that he can't do or Nurk is going, you know, I mean Nurk can do what the coaching staff and the ball handlers set him up to do. And by the way, I'm not faulting him for setting for faulting them for setting him up to do a lot of stuff, but it's up to them. Nurk Nurk doesn't control what goes out what goes on out on the court. The people in suits on that bench and the people the short guys with the ball have way more influence. So again, setting him up to be successful is critical in a way that, say, it's not for a Damian Lillard or even a Josh Hart who can do anything no matter where you put him. Speaking of versatility, though, uh, Jeremy Grant, I thought he did well enough. You could see he was trying to do a lot of things, too. The, The things that he did that were not as successful weren't because he wasn't successful at them. It's because the connection with teammates isn't there and it isn't expected to be. right Right. so but i thought that he was in the middle of a lot of action on both ends that gave me hope that yeah when this kind of gels together you can see where he would fit in there
0: yeah i agree i think he's a great addition i think we won that for sure that was a great move that that the team made i'm really excited to see how that develops as those connections are built
1: so now that we've been through the entire starting lineup, by the way, is there anybody I mean, Jabari Walker's the other guy, at least that I saw, who yeah. looked pretty, he, he looked pretty veteran. I mean, that that sense of knowing where to be, you could tell maybe dad played in the NBA and maybe coached him up or something, because he's coming out, you know, like, okay, yeah, it's not that you look world beating, but you look like you know what you're doing, which is, uh, yeah. you know, that's pretty good.
0: Yeah, I'm also real high on Keon Johnson. I was last year when we got him. You know, I've been talking him up. I think that he is. I think he's gonna be good. I think we're seeing massive improvement from last season till now. Uh, You know, I I heard the guys talking about him in the in the preseason. You know, interviews that they were doing, and and I think that what they said is accurate. He he's somebody to watch. I think there's been some improvement there, and I think. You know, is going into his second season. I like him a lot.
1: Anyone else that stood out for you that we haven't covered?
0: I'm excited to see Gary Payton. He's hurt, so we haven't seen him yet. But right. I'm I'm really looking forward to him. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think as the season you know progresses, we're we're going to see more and more the, the the relationships develop, and I think that that's going to affect the chemistry and and the ability to play together as a team. But I think I think it. It's a lot more exciting than it's been in a while.
1: That's awesome. So yeah, I've, I, I want to coalesce this all together that and again, obviously this is for the 12th time, too early to make pronouncements. But you begin to see, okay, all these pieces coming together, what's your priority? And the first priority was see whether Dame was healthy. It looks like he is, and if that's true, I think you said it and forget it with Dame. Dame is going to be Dame whenever he needs to be. You stop worrying about that. Let's ask the other questions. And I think talking back and forth in this, it's become pretty clear, to me anyway, the Blazers' next priorities are going to be to get Anthony Simons and Yusuf Nurkic contributing. And if those two are able to contribute in in concentrated ways, in full ways, because they need that, you can turn to the forwards. I mean, be it Jeremy Grant, be it Josh Hart, be it Manseer Little, and say with some confidence, look, we know you guys can do a lot of stuff, but you're also way more versatile. You're also way better defenders. You're a lot, a lot of things that you can do, and you're all going to come at it. So we're going to let you. We're not going to worry about you. We're not going to set you up. We don't, have to, we don't have to babysit you at all. You just go and get what you can get. But the next step is that shooting guard, that center, we're going to get them clicking because if we don't concentrate on this, they might not, and then it's a free for all among the rest of the players to kind of catch up and to fill in. And I can be pretty comfortable with that. And and again, you you borrow a little bit from Dame, and say, okay, Dame, you might not score thirty. You can when you want. You have a free ticket. Go if it's your night. Go for it. But you know what? Let's let's get make sure these other two are getting close to 20 behind you, and let's make sure the other two are in good positions in on defense behind you. And also, then you borrow a little bit from the forward, saying we're not gonna yeah we're not gonna set you up, we're not gonna let you you know initiate the offense or whatever. But you have a green light. First of all, if you're open, shoot. Second of all, if you see the ball, go get it. And third of all, defend like crazy. And then understanding with the forwards, you're going to grow in, you know, once everybody else is established, there's going to be room for you. But we can only do one room at a time or two in this five bedroom house. And uh, yours are going to be last.
0: Yeah, I think that's key. I think that, you know, having having those two playing a bigger role and, and doing that really well is, is very clearly going to be crucial for this team.
1: So as we close up here now, we actually need to let people know that there's going to be a change or an evolution here, and I'm going to throw to you, Dia, because this is uh, actually going to be Dia's last podcast with us. It's a podcast number 99. We almost made it to 100, like a like a Iron Man like triathlete. You get down to the last 10 feet, and like, oh no! But that's okay. We'll. In our hearts, we will carry you across the uh, finish line here to 100. Uh, what, uh, yeah, uh, what's going on? And uh, fill us in on you know what's happening with you.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I as you said that, I got um, a big lump in my throat. So hopefully, I can mm-hmm. say this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I started with Blazers Edge. I think about almost three years ago. It'll be three years at the, it would have been three years at the beginning of the year. Um, I was at a, uh, I was at a dramatically different place in my life. Um, I was very new to the world of, of sports media. Uh, it, it was a dream from the time I was very young and, and, and a dream that at, you know, 34 at the time, I did not think would ever be a reality. And, um, you know, it, it it I you took a chance on me and and let me come in and and um work with you guys and and write and and then that developed into this podcast which again, you know, kind of a dream and and something that I really didn't know that I wanted to do until it happened. Um, but something that I've really enjoyed. Uh, y- you know, at a time in my life where I was kind of fighting through, um, man, who I was and where I was going, um, Blazer's Edge gave me a voice and allowed me to pursue something that was a, a passion of mine. And um, through that, and, and you know, I, I've been working on other things as well and um, largely photography. I, I've, over the last couple years, I've gone from, being nowhere near sports to essentially full time working, uh, doing s- photography for athletes, um, working with individual athletes, and and you know shooting for teams and things like that, and um, it, it's just I, I it's it's grown. It's grown to something bigger than I anticipated. Um, I'm also a single mom of three little kids, and. Uh, it just got to a point where I had to start making some decisions. And um, I, I, I just, I had, I had to make decisions. And the photography is, is essentially what pays my bills <laughs> and what, uh, what has been, you know, ultimately I've found where I, I want to focus my time as far as sports is concerned. Um, but that doesn't come easily you know, I, I, have struggled with balance here with this for a while and I've put it off and I've put it off and I've put it off because I uh, writing and, and podcasting and, and talking about this team that I love, uh, has been something that I've, I've really loved. Um, and you know, this community that has, kind of come from this and and people who now are are genuinely my friends you know in in real life people that i know and 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 communicate with and talk to on a daily basis have come because of blazer's edge because of this podcast because of those interactions um and i i'm so so grateful just for the opportunity to to get to pursue something i never thought i would get to pursue to get to be a part of something that uh, really truly has been a community um, for, for a trailblazers fan who doesn't live in Portland, uh, you know, who, who found myself um, struggling and alone at a, at a tough part in my life. Um, And, and I've been able to just come out of that and, and become part of this sounds so cheesy, but like become part of something bigger. And uh, I will just, I will forever be grateful for the voice that this gave me and the friendships that this built and um yeah I guess that's it
1: so um let me share a couple things first of all let's we'll back up from a site perspective uh because then you you could ease the tears for a minute and then we'll put you right back into them but um so people ask what Blazer's Edge is um and is it, you know, is it a fan site? Is it a media site? is always yes. Is it, you know, who's who and all that. What you're talking about. So the first person that I ever brought on to write with me was Ben Golliver. You know, that Ben Gulliver. Okay. And people don't know this, but that was also the time when, this, when the team gave us credentials. Right? Actually, they gave me credentials. They said, uh, you know hey, do you want to come cover the team? And I had a choice to make. And part of it was that I didn't live there and I had another career and I could have, and believe me, that would have been the dream for a little boy me to to grow up and to be in that locker room would have been the culmination of, of a fantasy. But I also looked at it and said, you know what, is it fair to make everybody else sacrifice for my fantasy? And at that point in my life, it wasn't. So, I needed somebody, and found Ben. And that's a whole other story. We can talk about that a whole other podcast. But I also had a decision to make there because you know Ben was brand new, and finding that balance at the beginning was difficult for him, especially uh, because Blazer's Edge was mine. I mean, Blazer's Edge was it was Dave, and it had grown huge compared to you know when I started. And it's like, I had another decision to make. Is this going to be about me? Is this, is the spotlight on me? Uh, And then this guy is just kind of doing something or, or what? And it's like, no, no, no. Um, If something is created here, it's created. So what you can just said, we can all connect to something bigger. And that means having the freest voice possible. That means honoring the voices and lives of the people who participate, giving you a chance to connect to the team and subject that you love, but also to people around you, and most importantly, them a chance to connect you. And so your story is as old as almost the beginning of this website, but also exactly the heart of what it should be. Now, trying not to tear up myself, I will also say that your voice has stood out among all the people who have come through here and there have been many, that somehow through your earnestness, through your enthusiasm, through your never flagging commitment to optimism and goodness in the midst of everything, and also for your ability, I think, to speak out with confidence assured of your own voice about very hard topics. Neil Olshay, how many times have you and I talked about him, including devoting an entire podcast to the, you know, um, workplace ethics, uh, the Chauncey Billups situation, uh, for which you ach- ach- achieved national acclaim? I mean, Dia, you're talking about no voice, you know, whatever at, at the beginning. Adam Silver knew who you were. <laughs> okay, it's it's this this big, um, and it's not just. It's never been about your celebrity. It's been about that voice making a difference. And it's your voice. And we have been honored, and I have personally been honored to be able to experience you. And that voice that you have found changes the world. And again, like, in a way that few, if any people, I mean, we all have ours, but yours really, really does it so whether it's through photography or whatever else that you do, you know that you have an instrument there, and it's powerful, and it makes a difference to so many people. And thank you for letting us experience you in the strong and vulnerable and honest way that you have, because I, my life isn't the same as it was three years ago, uh, and a lot of people's aren't either because of you
0: i think it's such a um first of all thank you (laughs) that was really high praise and i appreciate it um i think it's such a jeez i thought i was fine like i thought i was good um it feels like such a full circle moment for me you know i haven't i haven't been i've been pretty open about my past and and some of the things that i've experienced but um I spent a lot of my adult life feeling silenced and feeling like um, my voice didn't matter and my opinions didn't matter. Um, I spent a lot of time struggling to hold any type of optimistic view um, of just the world in general. And so it feels like kind of a full circle moment to be in a place where you know, you're sitting here saying things like that about that to me that, you know, that it just, it, it it's crazy what a sports team can do for a person, you know, I mean, this has nothing to do essentially with sports, like, I'm still going to be on Twitter interacting, I'm still going to be around like, I'm not going anywhere as far as the trailblazers are concerned, and and my fandom and things, but it's 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 wild how much bigger this can be than just a basketball team or a fandom. Um, You know, I I think often about an uh, article I wrote. I want to say it was last, maybe it's two. I think it was two years ago um, at at Christmas time uh, when all the James Harden stuff broke, and I found myself for the first time in my life alone on Christmas Day. I didn't have my kids. My parents were gone i um, out of town and I was alone and 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 all the stuff happened with James Harden and my phone just started going crazy and I went from a place of just feeling so low and alone to feeling like I had people in my corner and I had people and even and it was some over something so dumb as James Harden like not that James Harden dumb but like the 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 <laughs> the, the you know what was going on was such a insignificant thing um but what it did in that moment was significant to me and i think so much about that you know we talk on this podcast and and on the site about about sports about basketball about the trailblazers Um, and and in the scheme of things sometimes it feels insignificant it feels like a a small thing we're talking about a bunch of guys that get paid millions of dollars to play a game with a ball but at the end of the day what that's done is it's created a community and it's created um just a a it's drawn me at times out of really really dark places whether that was during my time with blazer's edge or just my blazers fandom there's there's been times where it has pulled me out of some dark places and i just think you know we talk we talked about how the the athletes are working hard at using their voices and and pushing this, you know, it, it's bigger than basketball, but that's true for us too. And that's true for us as 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 media, that's true for us with Blazers Edge, that's true for us with fan, as fans, that this is bigger than just a sport, than just basketball, than just a hobby. It 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 builds community and, and sometimes brings purpose and hopefully through the conversations that happen around the bigger picture change and 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 bettering life um for for an individual for a group of individuals whatever it may be um Mm -hmm. but you know i i just i'm just so grateful and um and man it's been it's been good
1: (laughs) by the way folks When you ask why we do what we do, like why do people get to say in the comments, yeah, you have to be, you can't do ad hominem and stuff like that. But first of all, keeping up those boundaries and moderating the site makes room for voices and makes it safe for voices. But also like why do you let different why do different writers say different things i get this all the time like hey your site said this but then in another article your site said that and it's like yep yeah, because those were written by two different authors right. <laughs> and both of them have permission to see the game as they see it and to bring out the truth and it doesn't mean one is right and one is wrong it means that you have a place where you get to talk and we all do and that is Powerful. Now, as far as the podcast goes, I mean, this will obviously just be the end of the Dave and Dia podcast, unless we can clone you. But uh, there will be uh, a new podcast partner and a new voice. I mean, this, you know, this is a cycle, right? And it's not bad. It's not bad that we get that to happen. I mean, yeah. that someone hopefully two, three, four years from now, someone else is now saying, "I found my whatever, and I grew, and people know me because of doing this, because that's what we do." So yeah. uh, we will we will continue on. You will hear us next week again, uh, but then you'll just have to find Dia on Twitter. Remind us of your Twitter handle so we can all follow you and keep up with you.
0: It is Deandra Ann, so I'll spell it because I don't know if I. It really has done more N's than banana. <laughs> it's D I A N D R A A N N, and yeah, I'm. Yep. I'm Two I'm,
1: names, Deandra, like, yeah. Ann, right? Yep. Deandra Ann, and even you have to pronounce those A's different. It's Deandra, <laughs> not Deandra. So, Andra, it is. It's true. You got on. And then you got, uh, and then you got, ah, uh. so if you're going <laughs> to mess, if you're going to mess with Dia, you got to come correct with all your vowel sounds. So Deandra <laughs> well, and at, uh, on Twitter rather.
0: And hopefully I can convince Dave in the future to let me come back and fill in if, you know, if you ever...
1: Oh, reunion party. Just when something really positive happens, like right before they make the playoffs or something like that. I just wanna I want you to be able to come in and say, I told you so. I told you three years ago. And I'm like, dear, they traded everybody that was here three years ago. You know, it doesn't matter, Dave. I told you. Yes, it's
0: gonna come. It's gonna it's gonna happen. We're gonna win a championship.
1: Okay. Well, uh, Ms. Dia, uh, we will let you sign off for the last time. If you'll please take us away.
0: I never know how to do this, Dave. I don't think you know this because when I have to do this, you're not on this podcast, Mm -hmm. but every time I've ever had to end the podcast, it's probably the most awkward ending ever because I never know what to say because you always say it. (laughs)
1: Perfect. Feed us the awkward.
0: With that, uh, you know, I, I just, I'm grateful for all of you. I'm grateful for this, this. Gift that you all have given me. And so for the last time, I don't know what you're supposed to say here, <laughs> but thanks for listening to Dave and Dia. We're, we're, I don't know what you say here, Dave. What do you say?
1: <laughs> How about we're grateful and we'll see you soon? You can try it. Three, two, one.
0: We will see you soon. I am confident of that.
1: Even then, she blew it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, you know, you got to make it your own, Dave. You got to make it your own. <laughs> right.
1: We'll see you, folks.
0: A hater sees an opening down the lane, moves towards the hoop, but then Dia comes out of nowhere to swap the shot attempt away, saying, get that weak stuff out of here. Dave scoops up the loose ball. Now it's a fast break the other way with Dia. She's flying
1: down the court. Dave sends her an alley She jams it. Boom, shakalaka. <laughs> the crowd is on its feet saluting Dia. I tell you, if she isn't the rookie of the year, they really
0: ought to just stop giving the award. What a talent!